I received the invitation to come here for the inauguration of this new sanctuary, but I was preaching somewhere in God's world. And as I came here this morning, I realized there is something missing in this sanctuary. It's good for me, by the way. There is no watch by there, by the wall. So every time I go, you have a watch in front of you. But let me tell you that uh, you don't have a clue of the privilege that I have to be here. And it's not because I'm a Brazilian, but, because, but with a lot of emotions. I'm going to ask a question here, because the first time I came to preach in the congregation there, as part of the history here, but I think Emily or somebody else sent a, an email to Margaret at the seminary asking a preacher to come to preach on Sunday. And Margaret called me. She didn't want to send a seminary student. And she told me about the congregation here a little bit. And I came. It was 10 years ago. Let me ask now, how many of you were here in 2009 when I came for the first time? Stand up, please. You have one back. One, two. How many were you? In 10,009. Please be seated. You see how God has blessed y'all. And I really do not take for granted to be here this morning. Because when John told me to come here today, I was wondering, what should I preach? And this morning, I'm going to read the passage of the scriptures and to, to preach from it about the secret of this. What is the secret? That 2009 we have just a few people. And today we have so many. And this church has impacted more life than you can imagine. Not only here. But throughout. This country. And in some parts of the world. Every year, every two years, I go to a big university in Brazil that belongs to my denomination, to the Presbyterian Church of Brazil. The Presbyterian Church of Brazil was started in 1859 by an American missionary. It's an old church. We have uh, eight seminaries today. And we have a university in the middle of Sao Paulo, more than 100 years old. With 48,000 students. Belong to my denomination. 48. Not for 4,800. But 48,000 students. And we have a center for postgraduate studies in theology. With 1,000 students. 
The seminary has a partnership with that center. I'm the director from USA. And every two years I go there to preach on or to teach a course on church planning and church revitalization. And every time I, pre- I teach that course, I speak about you all. Because I cannot say enough thanks to the Lord for the great joy to be part of something that the Holy Spirit has done among you all. When I think of 2009 and when I look at you all now, I'm so thankful for what the Holy Spirit is doing in your midst. And it has been done. And for having people like John and Jonathan here, what a great blessing. I told them I saw in my lifetime the revitalization of the whole congregation. And this morning I'm going to share with you the secret. That we may not never leave it. Because the day y'all start losing it or forgetting it, you're going down. Because many times the word of the Lord can be lost in the house of the Lord. It happened at the time of Josiah. And the temple of the Lord. Josiah said, we found a book. The book was somewhere. And he found a book. And the mess of the king read the book. Said, this is revolutionary. I know, now understand what, what is going on in, in our midst. And brought it to the king. And the king saw the book and read the book. Said, we have to change. But the point is there. The book was lost in the house of the Lord. And the temple. And I have been preaching in churches throughout the world. And especially here in America. Well, the book is here, but it's lost because it's not read, it's not explained, it's not applied. The book's there, but it's lost. Now, I'd like you to open God's infallible, inerrant, invincible, Sufficient and efficient word of the living God. Open the word of God. In First Peter. And I'm going to read to you from chapter 1 verse 22 to chapter 2 verse 3. I'm going to read from the ESV but everybody knows that I use the New King James. I'm going to, to read from the ESV then I'm going back to my New King James. 
Listen to this word. Inspired, inerrant, invincible. The only Holy Spirit inspired written word from God in the world. Period. As I'm reading, I want you to see what I'm reading. Feel what I'm reading. Think through what I'm reading. Savor what I'm reading. Because Peter wrote this letter to us as well. As a matter of fact, when he wrote, he says this. You don't need to go there. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, not the representative of Christ, with the authority of Christ, to those who are elect, exiles of dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. These are not cities. These are regions. And in some of these places, Paul planted the church. And they knew what Paul wrote. And now Peter is writing to them. We include all of us here. Why do I say that? Because he says, To those who are elect according to the foreign knowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with His blood. He's writing it to Covenant Presbyterian Church in Monroe, Louisiana. Now let us listen, because these are people spread, some of them on Tremendous persecution. And he wants them not to forget something in all the midst of all of this. Don't forget this. Keep this. Remember this and do this. Listen what he tells them. Verse 22. Having purified your souls. See it. Savor it. By your obedience to the truth. For a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again. Not of perishable seed. But of imperishable Through the living and abiding word of God. Got it? I'm not preaching yet. Just my introduction. (laughs) You see that Peter is reasoning backwards. He says there is a word. There is like a seed. But it has a power. It is imperishable. It is living because it has the power to generate a new life. And says, this word has born you again. Has the power to come into your life and generate a new life. Then you're born again. And the evidence of it is this. He's reasoning backwards. Have you seen that? And the evidence of that. That this living word has been born you again. That you have you are a new creature. Are three here. One. Is that you know that your souls have been purified. 
In other words, your sins have been forgiven. You know you have been purified. You know you have been cleansed by the blood of the living Jesus. And he tells that in the preceding verse. I don't have time to go there because of my time here. He's telling about this. That's the first evidence that you have been born again by the regenerating power of the word of God. The word of God. Your souls have been purified. The second evidence is this. When he says by obeying the truth, you know that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He says, you really want to obey the truth. That's the second evidence. You not only know that your sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future, but you want to obey the truth. Anyone who says, I know that my sins have been forgiven, but do not have the desire to obey the truth of the word of God daily, has not been born again. Because the second evidence is that desire to obey the truth. And the third is that you love one another fervently. That's not amazing. That's what he's saying here. But he continues to tell you about the word of God. Because my text for today will be on chapter 2. But I want you to see that. Peter is really calling the attention to all these people. That this imperishable and living word. Has the power to generate a new life in you. And he does not make a distinction between the word of God and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the word. Has the power to regenerate this life. And you know your souls have been forgiven. Have been purified. And you know they want to obey the truth. And you know that you have the desire to love one another. And listen to what he calls. Tells more about the word of God in verse 24. Still my introduction. And he's quoting from the Old Testament now. For all flesh is like grass. All of us here. Psalm 90. Psalm of Moses says. Our lives in this world is short. And it passes quickly. And it's filled with troubles. All flesh is like grass. And all its glory does not matter what it is. Fame, money, academic, awards, doesn't matter. And all its glory like the flower of the grass. It's beautiful for what? The grass withers. It will happen to all of us. And the flower falls. The only thing that remains forever is this. But the word... Of the Lord remains forever. And he says this. And this word. Is the gospel. Is the good news. That was preached to you. Everything and everyone will pass away. But not this word says he. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now go to the text of this morning. And don't worry, you don't have a watch there. I have a watch here. But if my children will be here this morning, they say, if my daddy shows you his watch, this is one of the most meaningless gestures. 
because he's just measuring how long it will take for him to preach this message. No, I'm going to finish on time. Don't worry. Now listen to this. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Chapter 2. So, the addressing people have been in the church for 30 years or more among God's people. So, but I don't want to forget the centrality and the power of God's word generating a new life in you. So, put away all malice. In other words, all intents and actions harmful to others. Put away all malice and all deceit. Anything that will lead people to believe what you know is not true. Take away all deceit and hypocrisy. Pretending. Not transparent. And envy. A resentment because others are getting something and you don't. Like Cain. is the opposite of thankfulness. For the good that comes to pass in other people's life. And all slander. Evil speaking. Any speech that intends to harm somebody else. Says this. Put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And this is the text for this morning. Like newborn infants. The Greek word here is like newborn babies. Infants, babies. Not talking about children. Talking about newborn babies. Like newborn infants. Long for the pure milk. For the pure spiritual milk. Literally he says this. Long for the pure milk of the word. Because the word I spiritual here is the same word before logicon. But it sounds awkward to say long for the pure milk of the word. Milk of the word. Then they, they translate it here in the SV for spiritual milk. And that's alright. But the word is logicon. Long for the pure milk of the word. That by it, are you seeing it? Are you savoring it? You may grow up in your salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Not if indeed you have been saved, you have tasted the grace of the Lord, the goodness of God's salvation. So far, the reading of God's word. I close, but my Bible is open here in the New King James. I'd like you to keep your Bibles open. Let me pray once more. Oh Lord, God, you promise, according to Jeremiah 23, 23, 24, that you are everywhere in the universe. There is not an inch 
in the whole visible and invisible universe or any place else that you are not there totally. You are here totally, Father, with all your presence as you are everywhere in the universe. With all your knowledge, which is exhaustively, exhaustive, comprehensive, and with all your power. Oh, Father, this is awesome. Jesus, you have promised me with us every single day. Till the end of the age, till you come back again. Thank you, Jesus, for being here. And Holy Spirit, you dwell in us and in our midst. And now we pray, Father, once again in the name of Jesus, that your Holy Spirit may open our eyes to see the wonders of your word. Open our minds to understand. Open our hearts to trust and to believe. And to treasure and empowered by your Holy Spirit, motivated by your by the joy and the peace and your love and the love of the Spirit, we may joyfully and immediately obey it. Speak to us, Lord, so the meditation of our hearts, and especially now the words of my mouth, may be pleasing to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray and wait. Amen. My friends, let me go now to chapter 2. Because you begin to see how Peter begins to tell the, the centrality of this word in our lives. From conversion to death and resurrection and forever. And now he not only tells you that you have been born by the power of this word. And by the way, anytime I meet anybody... Someone, sometimes people say, Dr. Medeiros, how do you share the gospel with people around you? Wherever you are. I said, I just talk with them. And I am interested in their lives. And intentionally, I begin to pray to the Lord that I may know more about them and their relationship with Christ. And sometimes I ask a question like, do you go to church? Or do you have a Bible? Or where are you from? Whatever it is. And sometimes I even tell about myself and my wife have been happily married for 44 years in Brazilian and the Dutch. It works. <laughs> and people want to know the secret. And I begin to tell them what is the secret. And I tell them the secret is one person. It's a book. And the secret of the book is one person. And I started. When they ask me questions, it happened a lot. When they ask me questions, I give an answer to them. Whatever subject. And then I tell them, now let me tell you what is the base of my answer. Then I go to the Bible. I could tell you a lot of stories, but my point is this. I want to call your attention this morning to the indispensability, the centrality of the word of God. Not only in regenerating people, but also in keeping us growing up in such salvation. And therefore, let me go with you now to chapter 2, verse 1. And I'd like to call your attention, first of all, 
Because Peter is telling these people, spread in this Persian to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget that the word of God had that power to start a new life in you. And you know because of that that your souls have been purified. You want to obey the truth. You love the brethren. But brothers and sisters, let me know. Let me tell you something too. If you have had that experience, you are, you are supposed to grow in that salvation. To grow in that relationship with Christ. And the means. And the only means. That he gave to us. Is his word. And listen how Peter puts it that way. First of all, he says this. Long for the pure spiritual milk. By the way, I'm going to tell you very quickly here. Because this is a verb in the imperative. It is not optional for those that have been saved. And have been walking with the Lord. It is indispensable. He says, long. The verb in this imperative is not optional. It has to be done. It has to be obeyed. But I know, I know that you're thinking, what kind of commandment is that? Because the word really is long. It's a strong desire. Uncontrollable desire for the word of God. And can you imagine God comes to you and say, Desire the pure milk of the word. It's like going to my children and say, desire to eat. So what kind of command is this? But Peter is trying to emphasize here, my friend. If you do not have such long, you wake up in the morning. What is the longest? What is really longing in your heart, first of all, when you wake up in the morning? Is your breakfast? Or this breakfast. Longing. When you wake up in the morning. You're looking for a Lord. That's, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Oh Lord. I cannot wait to open my eyes. And contemplate your word. I want to be first and foremost. Being fed by it. Is that the desire that you have? I'm going to tell an illustration here quickly so that understand. If you ever, if you have, if you will have ever been in a place where there is a Brazilian steakhouse, I'm going to recommend you to go there just for a test. Man, you don't find that in your essay. But whenever you have a, Braz a Brazilian steakhouse here, go there once. It's very expensive, but at least go once. And they have different kinds of meat, tent. And you put a green sign and they come every almost second with new, different lamb and chicken. And you name it, different ones. And when I go to Brazil many times, there is cheap in Brazil. And I got to my house and my mother said, are you going to eat breakfast? I said, no, mom, I'm not going to eat breakfast today. What about lunch? Oh, no, mama, no lunch today. Why? Because tonight I want to go to a Brazilian steakhouse here. I'm really looking for some kind of the meat that they have. And I love it very much. In other words, I spend all my day without eating. Because I have such a desire to sit down at that place. Because I know what is coming. I 
Are you grasping a little bit what Peter is telling us here? Peter is telling us that that should be our longing, our desire for the pure milk of the word. Of the word of the living God. But let me tell you something. Sometimes. I'm sick. And when I'm sick. I don't want to eat. The worst thing would be to have. The smell of meat in front of me. You know what I'm talking about. But I know I have to eat. Because I'm sick. And I have to eat in order to recover my strength. My friend. God gives you his word. We don't eat it just when we are feeling we should. We'll eat when we feel we should not. Because there is no other way for us to recover our spiritual health. Unless by his word. And many times you have to do it. There is a command. Listen, let me read to you. The apostle Paul writing to the Philippians. You don't need to go there. I'm going to read to you. He says this to the Philippians. A very special church for him. Therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed. Not as in my presence only. But now much more in my absence. Then he gives this following commandment. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is an imperative. You don't feel like go and do it. It's a great thing when you go and sit down and eat with gusto. But many times you have to eat because you have to eat. Because you need it for your health. To recover your strength. And listen to this. And Paul says, when you begin to do it, just because you have commanded, don't want, but just because you have commanded, he says this, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do you want to experience the work of the Holy Spirit in your life regarding to the word of God? That when you have the desire, that is the Holy Spirit. When you don't have the desire, but you have Two, and you go just for this because the Bible commands you long desire the pure milk. And you go just for it. And suddenly as you begin, my dear friends, you're going to experience that the Holy Spirit is real. And you're going to begin to understand and to begin to experience that joy. And you know suddenly that that's not you, but it's the Holy Spirit working in you. Desire the pure milk. Of the word. This is the command. I'm going to ask you a question here. You don't need to lift your hands. And I'm going to run on my two other points. Unless there is a revival and you can stay here till tonight. Let me ask you a question. You don't need to lift your hands. I travel a lot. And I have realized that one of the greatest needs in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the world today. Is followers of Christ. Filled with the word of Christ. Empowered by the word of Christ. But I have realized. There is an anorexia. 
among God's people. I'm going to ask a question. Don't lift your hands. Not the young people. Nobody. Don't lift your hands. How many minutes you spend every single day with this troublemaker? Checking your Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and what is in the world, whatever it is. How many minutes a day we spend with this? Not as it work, but just. Let me ask a second question. How many minutes a day you spend feeding yourself from the word of God? How many of us don't lift your hands? How many of us here spend at least, at least 20 minutes, at least 20 minutes a day, every single day, giving priority to feed yourself from the word of God. Get a book of the Bible and then you say, I'm going to, to meditate, not just read, to meditate, to read in slow motion, savor in it, experience the illumination of the Holy Spirit in God's word. 20 minutes a day, you go the first verse in slow motion. And praying, Holy Spirit, help me to understand it. Help me to apply it. And you finish. And you pray. And you close. Next day you continue. And you have done that consistently every single day. How many of us don't lift your hands? We are anorexics. The Bible says long for the pure milk of the word. One thing that you can do is say, Lord, forgive me. I have not done that, but made a commitment with the Lord today. You're going to do it. Every single day, no matter what. And even the little ones who know how to read. And you're going to see the difference, my friend. In all the areas of your life. Now let me finish with the two other points very quickly. And the two other points are this. Peter not only tells you and commands you to long for the pure spiritual milk. But he tells you here an illustration that you cannot miss it. The question, how? What does it mean to long for the pure milk of the word? How should I desire? How should I long? It says you should long for this word like a newborn baby. Desire and long for the mother's milk. This is really powerful. It's not talking about the toddler. It says, have you seen how a newborn baby desire for the milk of his mother or her mother? You should desire the world like a newborn baby desire for to be fed. And when I was a father for the first time, he was in the Amazon jungle where missionaries there. And our kid, we brought the little one Within less than 12 hours, about uh, 16 hours in the hospital, we brought him back to the place where we were. And uh, that's the first time I saw that boy crying. And as we brought back from the hospital, we were there in the Amazon region. 
And it's about nine o'clock at night and he began to cry. And my wife said, bring me him. He is hungry. That was the first time I saw something like this. And he was crying like crazy. And I brought him. And she fed him. And I saw how he stopped crying. And I still remember, Father, for the first time, I put him back in the crib. And I said, in the place where we were, it was not the crib. I said, little one, Johnny. He's now 42 years old, 43 years old. He's going to be. I said, Johnny, we're about 3.30 in the morning in the, in the Amazon. Mom and I are really tired. Now you have been fed. You're going to sleep. And I'll see you tomorrow morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> Father, for the first time. Nine o'clock, twelve, three o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, sometime less than that. And I discovered immediately that newborn babies want to be fed every four to three and sometimes two hours. Did you get the point of Peter here? The psalmist says, how I love your word. It is my meditation all day long. You know, submitting everything to your, to the scrutiny of your word. Now, let me give you very quick, because this illustration of Peter is such a beautiful illustration, because I saw three very clear things here. One, I saw the intensity that this little boy or this little baby wants to be fed. He was crying. Oh, if we could cry every single day before the throne. Lord, feed me as I'm reading your word. Illuminate my heart. Illuminate my mind. Help me to be fed. Help me to experience this. The intensity every three hours. The frequency is unbelievable. And one thing that impressed me also the most was the satisfaction. Was the satisfaction. And when the baby is sick, he does not want to eat. But you have in some way or another, make him to eat. My dear brothers and sisters, the secret for this congregation, for your personal life, individually, for the life of your family, and for the life of the whole congregation, is that you individually, and as a family, as a congregation, long, daily, for this spirit, for this pure spiritual milk, like a newborn baby. That's the illustration. And finally, he tells you, What's the purpose of it? So that by it you grow thereby. Peter said there is no growth, spiritually speaking, where there is no longing for the word. God wants us to grow. The problems in the church are not the children, but the old children who never grew up in the word, in the practice of it, in experience of it. Praise God, God wants each one of us to grow, even the little ones. And praise God that He not only wants us to grow, but he gave us and provided the means by which we grow. He gave us his word. There is no other. 
This word determines what we sing. This word determines what we pray. This word determines what we preach. This word determines our lives. And my friends, as a friend of mine said once, every single day, we take decisions and we operate from two points of view. One is human, said that brother in Christ. And the other one is the divine. The most popular is a human. The most profitable is the divine. Brothers and sisters at Covenant Presbyterian Church. Keep growing in this word. Individually, as couple, as family, as a congregation. And may the Lord through his spirit, grant us this joy and this desire. Amen. Yes.